All right. Welcome, everybody, to North Free Methodist Church. I am AJ, and uh, here we go. Now, for those of you who don't live locally, or some of you do, uh, we're sort of in the middle of a... Well, stop now. Notice there's not even snowing now. We kind of had a bit of a snowstorm last night, so so we're a little bit disheveled. But um, come what may, the kingdom moves forward. So this is what we're going to do, guys. We are actually in a small series where I've been talking about, you ready? Parenting. And before anybody checks out, uh, what I said is this. Um, we're, we're all in parental roles. It doesn't matter. I don't care if your kids are grown and you're, you're grandparenting now. Um, the elder saints are the people who are supposed to pass the wisdom down. Don't I always say that? So if there's something you can get from this message, and I promise you there is, and last week, then it only benefits the rest of us to, to do that, okay? Um, and what did I say last week? I'm going to come in hot and heavy today. This just the way it's got to be, okay? Last week, I said this. We are commanded by God to train our kids on purpose. I mean, it's just, he put it straight up there. We must do this. Whether we're parents, if we're married to a parent, if we're dating a parent, whatever, you are a parent. And you have to step up. Lots of folks didn't want the kids they have. It doesn't matter. You're still commanded to parent them and train them up on purpose. And the thing is we looked at is we, we don't think about this often, but we are training our kids. Most of us just aren't doing it on purpose. Last week I said there's four types of parents that the University of Minnesota did in research. There was the dominant parent. The dominant parent is full of rules and demands and short on affection. They're training their kids. They're training their kids to rebel. The neglectful parent was number two. The neglectful parent is too busy with their own stuff. They're easily overwhelmed by their kids. Their kids are a burden. They sit them in front of the TV, just don't have time. They can't even deal. They're training their kids, these specific people. They're training their kids to resent them. That's the way that goes. The third type was the permissive parent. All love, no boundaries or enforcement. And, and it looks like a really good style, and most books will tell you that this is the way it should be. But God himself says, that's not going to work. No authority. Because you're training your kid, you're training your kid to be frustrated, selfish, and to run, to run and never settle, settle in a good way, not settle. And finally, we saw the fourth one, as we all felt beat down, because we all fall into those categories. We saw the fourth type of parent, people, and it was the loving and firm parent. And um, this is the old school parent in a lot of ways, guys. This is something that you had back in the day. Maybe you turned on Andy Griffith and saw a loving and firm parent, didn't you? Opie had rules. <laughs> Sorry, he cracks me up. Um, uh, we discovered and we will discover today that, that the loving and firm parent is who Father God is. It's who Father God is to his kids, and we are to follow his example. The loving and firm parent has clearly defined rules and limits. They take time to train their children. They teach their children to understand limits and the appropriate consequences that follow misbehavior. So we looked at those four different types. And guys, like I said, me too. We all found ourselves in, uh, on there. And if you're done parenting and you're looking back, this is not a condemnation and not a guilty thing whatsoever. This is just learning and wisdom. And every, every day is another chance in Christ, uh, guys, for reconciliation, for just a new beginning that's that's the lord jesus that's what he does so we then took a first step i'm recapping the first step is this in our homes what do i say we're always we're all everybody's lives are pointed at something your finances your marriage your relationship with your mom your, your career but very few of us point it on purpose right isn't that what i always say it's true you just don't so if i said what's your vision for your household what's your vision for your kid you'd go uh, and then I would stop you in, in a loving way, say, okay, well, don't be surprised if you end up where you don't want to be because you're not aiming it. And people would go, oh, that's just logic. So what I did instead was I ripped this off from James McDonald who took it from a guy named Dr. Smalley 20 years ago. This was a list that goes up in my house. AJ, you're so spiritual. No, I'm just doing this now. This isn't hanging up now. This is me learning together, okay? And so here's where I want to aim my house. This is the, the Daniels family values. Number one, we love God. 
everything comes through there. Everything comes through that. I'll show you in a second. Uh, yeah, that's like the whole message. The second one is family first. That speaks of loyalty and honor. You don't hit your sister. That's your sister. You take care of your sister. Be kind. In all, in all, in all things, be kind. Be kind to animals. Be kind to your neighbor. Be kind to people. That, that's, who, that's who we are, the Daniels family. Work hard. Guys, nothing in life is free. You've got chores. My kid's four and a half years old and has chores. Heck, even Izzy has chores right now. And she's two and a half. But like I said last week, little Amish kids have chores since they're like, pop out. <laughs> I mean, and they turn out okay. And then tell the truth. That speaks of integrity right away. I could tell you a story. Dude lied to me last Sunday after I gave this message. Dude lied to me. <laughs> I'll save you from that one. I promise you I jacked him up. I promise you. But I did say, but listen. All right, I've given some of my message away. But, but I said, bro, come here, man. And I didn't, you know, I just said, that's not who we are. Like, he swung this thing at the dog, and the dog overreacted. And I said, whoa, boom, hit, you weren't kind to my dog. And that's what I said. I said, that's my dog. You don't hit my dog. Okay, that's not who we are. And, bro, you lied about it? You know what I mean? That's not who we are. And it, it, it crushed him inside. He says, I, you know, I let you down. I didn't, instead of me snapping on him, right, I got, this is who we are. And I was saying to Des last week, in other words, wow, sorry, but when we establish these values, guys, tell me if this is wisdom or not. If all Alex's friends turn into little liars, and they, don't, they seem to be getting away with it. I don't say to him, I don't say, lying's bad. Yes, it's bad, but he's going to go, uh, doesn't seem bad. I'm going to go instead, that's not who we are. You're my son. That's not who we are, right? If every other kid in the neighborhood's throwing frogs at a wall or something like they did when I was a kid, I would say, that's not who we are, bro. That, but it's not wrong. Look, I'm not arguing you wrong or right at this point. I'm saying it's not who we are, Right? And isn't that the kingdom? I'll tell you what, I wrote a stern, we got time. I wrote a stern letter to uh, the star exemption, totally screwed up my thing, years of star rebate, and they're like, yeah, you don't live where you live. I'm like, I don't what now? They're like, yeah, it's not your primary residence. I'm like, ooh. So I got up my pen and my terrible handwriting, as you can see, I was like, this and I wrote it in a st- erroneous, and it was, it was your people that I was talking to when this error occurred. Please correct this post haste. And then all night it bothered me. I was like, oh, dude, that's not who, that's not who I am. So I woke up in the morning, cut open the letter, rewrote a nicer letter, <laughs> and put it in. But you know what God was saying, essentially? And I wasn't wrong, guys. That rebate is mine. You see where you don't argue that, though? It's, it's just not who I am. Jesus is saying, right? I'm meek and lowly. I'm loving. That's not who I am. You be kind. That person's going to, I was telling E-Train about that yesterday. That person's going to open that letter, and it didn't do anything to me, Right? It's not who we are. So this is what we, I almost started preaching just then, sorry. This is what we established in my home. And it has really helped guide our parenting in a lot of ways. And so, oh, one last thing, ready? I have two children, Alex and Isabella. Look at this list. If they become kids who, this list, didn't we just win? If Alex becomes a boy who loves God, puts his family first, he's kind, works hard and tells the truth, is he gonna be a success in life? Yeah, probably. And I can honestly tell you right now, we're aiming it. For the first time ever, we're aiming it. How's my daughter going to turn out? Well, here's where we're aiming. Cool, huh? Talk about living life on purpose. I came across this. I told you, I've sort of, some of, cited some of my sources, and I got really excited about this because I'll be the first to admit, and God, God appreciates you know, humility. I don't really know what I'm doing. So here's what we're going to start today. You're not going to like the first part because of our American culture, but just get through this, okay? We're looking at how God parents. Um, I want to tell you right now, loving and firm parent. Here we go. Here's the message today. Boom. How do we establish a loving and firm parent home where this is the direction? I'll give you the first thing. 
I truly believe that we need to establish authority and establish law and obedience first. And this is a very good connect the dots message today. Rebellion, out and out rebellion, must be punished swiftly and consistently and the relationship being restored every single time. If you can't do that, forget the rest of the message. What we need is this, listen. Rebellion must be punished within kids, or or corrected, I should say. I I shouldn't have used the word punished there, I'm sorry. Rebellion must be disciplined swiftly and consistently, and then the relationship is immediately restored every single time. Let me break this down for you. Please, get this first slide. He's a good, good father. It's who he is, but watch this. Proverbs 9.10 for you listening online. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, Wisdom is this, the ability, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One, uh, wisdom is this, wisdom is the ability to take what I know and apply it to successful living. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is not just knowing a bunch of stuff. There are really smart people who have no wisdom whatsoever. And in fact, lots of them end up on TV <laughs> telling you how to think. No wisdom, just knowledge. That's not what we want. I don't even want a smart kid, guys. I don't want smart kids. Well, no, I want kids who are wise, who could take what they know and apply it to successful living. So we get it from God. That, that, that's the thing. But listen, it starts here, the fear of God. Now listen to me. I tell you this all the time. This is terrible hum up here, and it's driving me nuts. Um, I tell you this all the time, that um, God very often does not, okay, God says a lot of times, I bless those who fear me. I love those who fear me. And in, th- that, in those cases, in the Hebrew and the Greek, lots of times the word translated fear doesn't mean tremble, doesn't mean fear. It means trust my intentions, okay? Do you understand that? Those who fear God. He, blah, blah. This, it means fear. It literally means fear. It means, ready? It means acknowledgement of God's power, his authority, that he is the end all. So fear is this, guys, ready? We read it again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, ready? Fear is this. God commanded that I do this, and if I don't, something's going to happen. Or something is up ahead, and I don't want it. Do you understand that? Fear of God is this. He said, thou shalt not blank, and if I do, I'm stepping out of bounds, and there's going to be repercussions. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I, if I, if I kill somebody, thou shalt not murder. It's not, it's not thou shalt not kill. It's thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not murder. And God's saying if I murder, there are repercussions that go down. And that's the fear of God, going, oh, he's not. Yo, you remember that song, Our God is an Awesome God? Okay, it's out of date now because the first verse says, when he rolls up his sleeves, he ain't just putting on the ritz. Our God is, do you remember? And nobody sings that part anymore. (laughs) But it so applies to today. (laughs) The fear of God is this, Terry. If I walk in obedience with God, I will end up in blessing. If I rebel against God, it's not gonna go unnoticed. Understand? Do you see where... We're starting there with our kids, too. So it sounds so bad. And again, our culture is, Ew. in the 1950s, this would have been a popular message because every parent goes, mm-hmm. yeah, y'all need to correct them kids. <laughs> you need to show them what's up. We must do this as the same starting points with our kids. Have a clearly defined sense of consequences for wrong behavior. And I'm not talking about, because some people, obviously, there's pendulum swings. I don't want my kids trembling in the corner scared of me. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's not just talking about respect either. So here's how it looks. For me, it looks like this, guys. Big face in small face like this. I'm the lawgiver around here. I am the authority. I'm the one who brings consequences to rebellion, so you're right to fear me. When I caught you lying about trying to hit the dog, come here. You feel that reaction with your heartbeat? Smart boy. Because I'm big, you're small. Understand? Yeah, okay. 
trust my heart, trust my intentions, I understand that, but you're right to fear. That's life. Let me tell you something about that. We need to, I'm going to teach my children to fear the consequences that come from wrong behavior. You ready? Are there consequences for wrong behavior in your job? Yeah. I didn't show up. I didn't show up on time. I didn't do the job. What happens? You get fired, don't you? What happens if you don't pay your rent or your mortgage? Right? What happens if Mr. Policeman sees you breaking the law? You end up in the clickety-clank. So why would we not train our kids, have this be the foundation for our kids, right? Listen, it says in the Bible, fathers don't exasperate your, your sons. And of course, that is a direct command given to fathers, but people mis, misread that all the time. Exasperate means this, set them up for failure. It doesn't mean just frustrate them, like poke at them or frustrate them. No, it means set them up for failure, that they become a man, become a woman, and they graduate or whatever, and they get out in the real world and go, how do I do this? What? What do you mean taxes, <clears throat> bills, law-abiding citizen? How do I save money? How do I keep a marriage together? That's exasperating your kids. And I tell you what, I have felt that before. I'm not here to talk smack about my parents, but I can tell you something. When I landed on my own two feet and st people started to call me, sir, I didn't know how to run my life. I'll tell you who I was angry at. The people who were supposed to tell me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fear begins that, guys. There are repercussions. So again, this is where it starts. We, we become the authority in our homes, guys. And G again, Jesus, you think Jesus, meek, mild, gentle Jesus? Yes, but give me the next slide. He's even saying it is right to fear God, and this is, where we, this is where we get it. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body and can't kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. <clears throat> and people are like, oh, that's a terrible scripture. Listen, he's giving you wisdom. He's saying, govern first here. Don't listen to other people, how to raise your kids, how to run your finances. It's okay to be angry all the time. Don't do that. Fear God. Go to God. He's the one who tells you what's true, right, and best, and the rules, boundaries, and limitations. And if you run your life with God, I'll give you a different metaphor. When the storms of life came, your, you, right, your house doesn't crash. Fear God. And God tells you to train your kids and to be a loving and firm parent. So let's shift gears here, guys. Some practical advice as we're doing this and trying to establish loving and, 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 and firm households. We've got to have consequences. You have you got to have them in place and be consistent. Now listen to me. Write some of this down, by the way. If there's a consistent consequence for rebellion, for disobedience, only then will the child come to the point where they choose, if I do this, I get this. Okay, here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. <clears throat> when, okay, when there's ambiguity in, in, in punishment, for example, if Alex gets to, to do this on Monday and he gets punished, does the same thing on Tuesday, doesn't get punished. Wednesday, he's not just going to think, is this wrong? He's going to start playing the odds game. But you understand what I'm saying? And that does not train our children for healthy decision making, right? Now they're just playing odds. But if, if, if Alex knows, um, if you lie, you get jacked up every time. You lose privileges, you get blah, 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 blah. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Then what's going to happen next time he's tempted to lie? He's going to go, okay, now it's just a decision between do I do it or don't I? Not do I do it or don't I in his mom in this specific mood. Get it? Guys, it's common sense though, isn't it? So what we're doing is we're training kids. If we do this, we're loving and firm in this way and we, we become the, the rule givers of our house and we establish things through fear and authority. You know what I mean? Fear and respect and authority. Then it comes down to this 10-year-old's making a decision, but what does that decision look like in, when he's 20? Now he's starting to learn consequence. Okay, I'm gonna start learning to make good decision making, not just manipulating people. Is anybody following me? I know I'm throwing a lot at you today. But that's why it's best to have boundaries that are consistent. That's why. Because then the kid learns to make good decision making. Okay? I think that's really good, guys. 
I really, I got excited when I said this. Another thing I want to learn from good father is this. Fear is the foundation that all other things grow from. Listen, that's just the first part of the message. The reason that we establish the fear and you respect these boundaries and I enforce these things is because that's where, that's the environment in, in which other things can grow. Think about this, guys. If this week we choose to change direction and lean ourselves on God and become the authorities of our home, okay, authority gives way to relationship. We can ease into it as responsibility and obedience grows. Here's what I mean. I could tell I'm losing some of you. I didn't realize I was throwing so much at you in like half a page. Fear is not the end, guys. It's the means to relationship. So here's my example. We're trying to become loving and firm parents with visions here. I'm telling you step one is to become the lawmaker in the household and to discipline. So here's what I mean. Fear will get you to relationship. If Alex is clear on a boundary and he consistently obeys it, now I'm free to get out of that role and just step into relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? So here's what I mean. There are two rules when you go to Walmart in the toy aisle. And this sounds super redneck, but <laughs> being that I stay home with the kids, Alex and I used to just go to Walmart and play with toys. And it was like a playground. <laughs> Why not? I know that sounds super redneck, but he gets to play with the toys. I'm on the floor with him rolling around. And because I was a 35-year-old man, nobody said anything to me. Like, um, sir, nobody, nobody messes with you when you're growing up. <laughs> and so we, he gets to play with the toys, and there's two rules. You stay close to daddy, and you, you're not taking a toy home every time. Maybe I'll surprise you once in a while, but, and if you lose your mind when we're leaving, I'm going to jerk you up. You never come back again. Okay? That's what I tell him. So here's the thing. Ready? That's the fear part. Alex, here are the rules. Okay, daddy. So all of a sudden, I see that he's obeying the rules. He's staying close to daddy. He understands he doesn't get to bring toys home. Do you know what happens now? I get to go from rule giver into just playing with him because he's within the boundaries. Do you understand what I'm saying? So fear is not the end. This sounds like, you know what I'm saying? Fear is actually, once they get the rules, boundaries, and limitations, then you're free to have relationship. Now, if all of a sudden he runs into the next aisle and forgets to stay close to daddy, I gotta go back into the other role, don't I? Hey, come here. What did I say? Now I gotta go back into that other role, right? And God the Father does the very same thing, you guys. God the Father does the very same thing. If you're plotting a course that's going to jack up your life and destroy your family, you better believe God gets a little firm with us and starts knocking on the door of your heart going, knock it off. Stop it. Don't you talk to her. Don't talk to him. Put, put the energy and effort into your marriage. Right? 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 Then you start doing things and what? You get the intimacy and the love and the support of God again and the heavy hand goes away. Am I right about this so far? Okay. All we're doing is bringing it back to basics. That's all we're doing is looking at the way Father God, this is how he parents, the Israelites coming out, right? This is how he grows the church. This is the very same thing. I am the authority, you guys. Do not forget the Alpha and Omega, but I'm also your gentle shepherd, absolutely. But don't forget the two. So I'm giving you this. This is where it starts, guys. When we set things down, rules, boundaries, and limitations, and your kids will start to conform to them, then they're free to enjoy things within those parameters. And that's just life right now, guys. That's just life. I want to paint this whole canvas today with some real boots on the ground wisdom. Ready? We, number one, we need to lay a foundation of home uh, authority in our homes. So I've just talked about this. Training tip number two for the day as we're purposely training our kids in a loving and firm way is this. Um, as you commit to clearly executing the plan, make sure the training matches the problem. Now, this is where, man, I tell you, Brittany's not here to take notes either. Okay, I'll have to put some of these up there. This is really awesome. You Ready? Proverbs says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's older, he won't depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. Actually, I might even have that, Brian. Do I have Proverbs next? Okay. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not turn from it. Number one, that's a promise. If you've got wayward kids, he is faithful. It's not about you and what you screwed up. 
there you go. You did your best. But notice this, though. Look at the word after way. Train a child in the way he should go. Proverbs 22, 6. What this is speaking of is individuality. And so are you ready for this? This is the really practical stuff that I think everybody's going to like here. Okay. It's basically saying new, no two children are, are the same. They're unique. We must learn to train each child individually. Now, there are three parental responses. Three parental responses that we need to have ready to go. Number one is discipline. I've talked about that. Lots of us guys, we're not so strong in the discipline area. Grow some muscles. You got to do that. God will help you with that. Discipline, teach, or encourage. There are three parental responses to, to frustration, to, to, to misbehavior. Okay? Harry, discipline, teach, and encourage. Now listen to me, please. We always discipline rebellion. I've just spent a lot of time on that, haven't I? You don't ignore rebellion. You don't just let it slide. You, don't incons- you discipline rebellion. Because guess what? The world will do that to your kids if you don't. And they'll do it way worse than you will. A slap or a spank at five years old is very, very small compared to juvenile hall when they're 14 because they never learned authority. Guys, this is very serious. And if it seems harsh, this is what we need to do. Discipline rebellion. But don't discipline ignorance or mistakes. If you discipline a problem of ignorance where a kid just doesn't know, then you're going to close your child's heart and they're going to become distant. If the problem is they just don't know how to do something or they just don't know, they're not sure, and if we come down hard on them like I tend to do, and what are you doing? What they're going to do is they're going to withdraw. Right? We've wounded them. They didn't know. I'm terrible at this. I have to confess. I really do. And the, the part of this is, um, what got me yesterday as I was writing this is, I was dealt very harshly growing up, no matter what the issue was. Whether it was a mistake, if I didn't know any better, if I didn't know expectations. If I missed the mark, I was hammered. And I, and I totally get, like, I get this material where he's like, they'll withdraw, absolutely. I remember dropping something, just dropping. Kids are sometimes butterfingers. My kids drop stuff all the time. But I remember dropping something and like getting just, destroyed about, about it and never having relationship res- restored for the rest of the day. And that's, just, that's, that's not God, guys. So, so on the first part of the message, I'm telling you, have that hand of discipline, have the big muscles, like I said, but we got to learn to use them. We don't discipline ig- ignorance or mistakes. We discipline rebellion, not that. So what do we do with ignorance or mistakes, okay? We have three responses, guys. So you either discipline, teacher, encourage, and be strong in all three. What do we do when it comes to ignorance or mistakes? You teach. You don't discipline ignorance or mistakes, you teach. I deal with this all the time. If you come to my house, here's what you're gonna hear. You're gonna hear the two and a half year old girl go, wowie, wowie daddy, wowie. Cause she can't say yeses yet, she's saying sorry. <laughs> wowie, wowie. And I tell you what, it gets old, it gets old real fast. When it's Friday and I've been with them all week and they're dropping the same thing. I'm like, I know you're sorry. And I'm like, oh, I'm starting to sweat, I need to. I want to come down hard and I struggle in this area, guys. I'm so ready for the discipline thing that I've got to realize kids make mistakes. So we teach. Listen, 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 come here. Don't hold it like that, Bubba. That's why you're going to drop it, right? Walking around with a sippy cup by the top. Come on, man. Just hold it like this. But instead of, dude, you're going to drop, you know, hey, listen, hold it like this, right? I taught. I taught it was an area of ignorance. I'm a kid. I'm not thinking about it. So instead of hammering them, you don't discipline ignorance. You teach. You ready for a bonus teaching? This is so good. This is so good. Bonus teaching. Teach expectations. This is so big, guys. You ready? Take this with you, please. What you may think is rebellion may be your failure to express your expectations. <laughs> Here's what I mean. I remember being told on a Saturday. Here's some of my baggage. You ready for it? 
Yeah. I remember being told on a Saturday, I'm a kid, I want to play, I'm a kid, clean your room. Uh, okay, I'm a kid, I want to play, clean, cleany, clean, clean. An hour later, comes up, what are you doing? Cleaning my room. I'm a kid, I want to play, I clean my room. There's dust on your, oh, I didn't know cleaning a room included dusting. Yeah, clean your room. And I remember this went on all day long and I never got to go outside and play. Clean room to kid was way different than clean room to mom. And so what she, whatever parent was, <laughs> was saying was rebellion was actually ignorance. Huh? Like you think I didn't want to clean my room to her expectation and go out and play? Of course I did. But I didn't know I couldn't assess her level of expectation, right? Scenario A, this happened to me. Scenario A. Alex, clean up your room. I want to be able to go downstairs and play the Hulk Smash game on the PS3. And then I want to be able to play Angry Birds before we go to bed. Because I love our nighttime stuff. We're, I mean, he, you know what I'm saying? I want to play the Hulk game. He loves it. He just stands a roof for me to play. Of course I want to do this. So I'm going to clean up your room, bro. This happened a few months ago. Clean up your room, bro. Okay, daddy. Best intentions, right? I come upstairs. Not clean. And I'm like, dude, now you don't get to play Hulk Smash, man. I'm like, ah. And I'm disappointed because I wanted to play Hulk Smash. And you know what I learned, guys? Ready? Scenario B, the next day. Hey, bro, Alex, ready? This is awesome. I want all the toys off the floor and put the books back on the shelf. And boom, you have till this clock ticks down to zero. Go. And guess what happened? He got it done. He, he didn't fail me that first time. He didn't know what clean was. So I, I disciplined something. It was actually ignorance. So you lay down your expectations clearly. We've learned that timers are great. You can't argue with a timer. You got five more minutes. You go over to the oven clock. You got five more minutes to play with Play-Doh, and then we're cleaning it up. Sure enough, it starts beeping. Beep, 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 beep. You can't turn to Daddy and go, Daddy, a little bit more. I just go, clock set it, dude. Argue with the clock. You understand what I'm saying? Kids go, okay. That's a firm boundary. Isn't that good? Tell them what clean is, right? Tell them, give, let them know expectations, because lots of times it's just a lack of communication. The kids get, kid gets hammered. You're disciplining ignorance. Don't discipline ignorance. Teach ignorance. Okay? That was gold, y'all. I got to tell you that. We don't discipline ignorance or mistakes. We discipline rebellion. Now, the third one. If you discipline discouragement, you'll break your child's spirit. I don't know. That sounds heavy, and it is. If your kid is feeling despair, frustration, or discouragement, you can't discipline. That's not when you do that. So let's say they just can't get... I, I go through this all the time. In fact, yeah, some of you, I can tell how old your kids are. You're in this phase, too. Let's say they're learning how to play with blocks oh I don't care doing algebra this goes or being a parent like this never ends like, your kids learning how to be a parent and get frustrated here's your scenario older folks right if you just can't get something they start whining crying feeling sorry for themselves or whatever you don't jump in with discipline you don't we can't rush in with that we take that opportunity to encourage now I've done this well and I've done it terribly many 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 times I remember Alex a few years ago playing with blocks <laughs> Right? And they start, what? What? And they start like whining or crying about it because they just can't figure it out. I want to go and be like, knock it off. That's stupid. Don't cry, little baby. That's how I feel. <laughs> Air class. Because <laughs> he knows me. But instead, what I've started to do is I need to encourage when they're discouraged or frustrated, I got to encourage first. Hey, whoa, 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 guys, guys, calm down, calm down. It's going to be all right. All right? We're all trying to have a good time here. I say stuff like that. I talk to him like a bouncer. <laughs> We're all just trying to have a good time. Calm down. Um, I take the time to encourage. I get down and I say this. Hey, buddy, I know you're feeling frustrated. Let's slow down, okay? Ready? Let me help you out here. So now, when I get down into that with them and I encourage discouragement, I become an ally, not an overseer. Because, listen, 
This is no, he's, these, our kids sometimes, guys, when they're frustrated, discouraged, or whatever, they're in no place to, to garner up some self, self-control. And even though it seems trivial to us, guys, you can't discipline discouragement. You can't do that. If I deal with the frustration and discouragement, then I can shift into teaching. So here's the thing. Hey, hey, come here, come here. I know you're frustrated. All right, all right. Listen, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. Just calm down. Hey, watch. What if you held the block like this and balanced it like that? And you see the discouragement come right off of him, right? I came into where his hurt was. I didn't discipline it or tell him to shut up or that it was stupid. It is stupid. He's crying over blocks. Can we just, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I get in. I encourage him. Then I can switch into teaching and push him through it. Isn't that good? I think that's really good. We don't discipline discouragement, guys. See, if you do this, you work like this, there you go, buddy. And if you get frustrated again, don't go with those feelings and freak out. Just stay calm. But I got to dis- encourage him to get there. Now, there's a good, uh, there's a blend to this. James McDonald shares a good story about this. He was terrible at math growing up, and he got a summer school notice in the mail. And of course, he was afraid because his father and mother were rules, boundaries, and limitations. They were good parents, loving and firm. So what kid wouldn't be afraid? Oh, crap, I got to go to summer school again. But he goes in, and James McDonald, he said, he he was on the bed just like upset, like, oh. And his father, who was a teacher, walks in and goes, James, what'd you get in the mail today? Gotta go stinking summer school again. But his father knew enough. Instead of disciplining him, what do you mean? Will you expect us to drive you there every day? Right? Didn't do that. Didn't even say, listen, algebra is not that difficult. I'm a t- we'll work to it together. No. He got in and just said, hey, buddy, I know you're really frustrated. Lots of other, you know, subjects come easy to you. And don't get discouraged, bud, all right? In that moment, even though the guy was a teacher, he knew you don't teach discouragement. You got to get in there and encourage discouragement. You got to encourage despair or frustration. They're closed down to every other thing. Okay? That's pretty good, huh? So we got discipline, teaching, and encouragement are, are three different tools. Now, I've got one last thing for you here. I've been trying to start in situations. Here's the practical thing. I've been starting to try to pause for a moment and ask myself what's actually going on before I respond. Go back and listen to the message I gave. You have a choice to either react, which is you're just knee-jerk, or respond. We're called to respond. But even before I respond, I've been trying to pause. I walk into a room, I see the situation with the kid, and I go, okay, what's actually happening here? Because a lot of times what I think is happening is not true, okay? In other words, right. I started to ask myself, parents, this is a good piece of advice for you. Before I discipline, teach, or encourage, I say this. Is this behavior breaking rules, being rebellious or whatever, or is it just annoying and inconvenient to me? (laughs) Boom, everybody in the room gets hit because we all fail at this. You know how many times I've yelled at my kids just because they're being annoying? That's not right. They're not, y'all ain't kidding me. They're not breaking a rule, and yet I'm bringing in discipline? You know what that breeds in your kid? Confusion. Understand? It's true. I've done this before. Lots of times, I'll, I'll, I'll hem, I'll haw, I'll, I'll raise my voice because they're inconveniencing me. And we're all guilty of this. And it hurts to even admit to you, but it's totally true. But I've started to stop and say, now listen, are they breaking a rule? Because that, that, you discipline the breaking of rules, right? That's rebellion. You, you correct that. You discipline it. But I've been disciplining just annoyance. If they're in my way or, or if they're, again, they get too loud. Nobody said there's decibel things in the house. I didn't set down that rule, and yet I'm going, hey, knock it off. Oh, well, that's not right. I never told them to be quiet, did I? So that's not right. So I've started to ask myself. Well, here's some good ones. Ready? Hey, get out of here. Daddy's on the phone. I told you, knock it off. Get out of, right? I'm on the phone. Shut up. I don't say shut up to my kids, but um, I don't. But Right? 
whoa, daddy just exploded. I didn't even know daddy was on the phone. So who's that on? Me. You know what I've started to do? I've started to say this. Hey, hey, guys, listen. I'm going to make a phone call. I need you to be quiet for a second. Now guess what? I just established a rule. He comes running over to me. Blah, 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 blah. He gets disciplined. Because daddy said clearly. But also now the expectations are set, aren't they, Mike? Now he walks in and goes, I got a choice. If I go blah, blah, blah in daddy's ear, he, my piece probably going to roar at me. I have a choice. See? Right? Pretty good, huh? And that's the thing, too. It doesn't mean... Uh, I know I'm losing you. Come on, fourth quarter. It doesn't mean you stop them from being annoying and inconveniencing you. I'm not saying that, but just call it like it is. Hey, guys, guys, guys. Can you tone it down a little bit? You're hurting daddy's ears a little bit. In other words, you're not breaking a rule necessarily, but will you be kind to daddy and put family first? Oh, that's good. <laughs> right? Or guys, guys, guys. Hey, listen, listen. I told you daddy's on the phone. I'll get you in a second. You're valuable to me. I'm not ignoring you. I'm not a neglectful parent. But in this moment, walk the line. Cool, right? This has set me free. I think I was a bit like a, like a loosed monster at times around my house where I was so ready with the rod of discipline all the time. It's that, that's my personality type. But now I've realized like, I don't discipline all, all things and I got I to gotta really establish this. One that got me was Izzy bringing stuffed animals downstairs. I, 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 just, I lose it. It's first thing in the morning. I'm like, oh, leave them up here. You want to know why though? Because it makes her hard to carry down the stairs and that makes me fearful and makes me frustrated. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I would snap on her. I'm like, no, put it down. And she's like, ah. I'm like, I told you, you can't bring it. And I'm like, why am I so upset? Oh, she's not breaking a rule. She's inconveniencing me. She's triggering a fear response because I'm carrying her and the other kid down this thing. And the dog didn't move off the stairs. We're going to all fall down the stairs. So I'll say, you know what I mean? I had to say, she's not breaking a rule. Calm down. <laughs> Let the blood go back down my face. Okay, look, Izzy. All right. And, and I had to get a hold of myself on that one, correct myself because there's nothing wrong with her bringing it down. But a loving and firm parent takes the time to realize these things, guys. Takes the time to realize this. Are they breaking rules or are they just inconveniencing me? And guys, isn't that how it works with God? Imagine if we could even inconvenience God. <laughs> now's not a good time, Maddie. <laughs> oh, you're in need? Now's not a good time, right? We can't inconvenience God. We've got to be more, more careful about when our children are inconveniencing us. It's going to happen. I'm not sitting there, okay, y'all, I don't see a single halo in this room, and you don't see one on me, where they're still going to annoy you and all this. But just identifying I'm annoyed, not their behavior's bad, will save you from over-disciplining things like that. Uh, bonus teaching before we go. Ready? Schedules are your best friend for this. During the day, I stay home with the kids. Uh, some of you know it, some of you don't. And so, you know what they want to do? They want to wrestle with daddy all day long. It doesn't work. In fact, it annoys the crap out of me. Kids crawling all over me. Uh, and they're getting strong. They actually can hurt me. Got, you know what I'm saying? She's got little sharp little elbows, and she'll just lean on me. Ow, man. And that makes me want to fight them, but they're tiny. <laughs> Go grab a weapon, and I'll get one, too. Um, but you know what's actually helped me with this, guys? And some of you know this, and some of you don't. Schedules are your absolute best friend. So here's what we do. And schedules keep you honest, too. If I'm not careful, I'll end up just laying on the bed doing nothing with my kids all day. I'm not what? That's true. I'll end up scrolling through my phone or just being whatever, neglectful parent, if I'm not careful. Here's what I do instead. I know what the kids want to do, craft time, uh, work in their book, and wrestling. I always have to wrestle the boy. And so what we started to do is say, wrestling happens at this time. When's the stadium open, Daddy? 2.30. When the stadium opens. The stadium's mama's big queen bed. <laughs> queen size bed. When's the stadium open, daddy? And I'm like, schedule, bro. Okay? You see, it lets the pressure off. He knows that that's when that is. Schedules are your best friend. Craft time, workbook time, bedtime. These things really can help you guys because uh, you, you'll know when you need to stand up and act too. Okay? So in conclusion, 
This is the process of training our kids, guys. We realize that fear and establishing rules and consequences for breaking them is a good thing we must do and do constantly, consistently. Each child is different. We need to train them up individually. We're going to discipline rebellion. We're going to teach ignorance. We're going to encourage despair, frustration, or discouragement. And lastly, we're going to keep our eyes open to the fact that we may be reacting to annoyances and inconveniences in a way that confuses our kids with wrongdoing. We're going to parent on purpose. So take the teaching this week, guys, and hold it up before God. Ask him to show you areas where you need to come up higher. And here's the thing. He's faithful. He'll give us the ability to do this stuff. He's calling us to parenting. He's the ultimate father. He'll give us everything we need to be the parents we need to be. I promise you. Invite God into your parenting this week. Humbly admit that we need him. And we'll do this. Okay? So let's, uh, let's worship in response to this message. Forever he is faithful. Forever he is strong. Thank you for joining us today. Um, and feel free to check out teaching on nowordfmc.com. Have a great week, everybody, online.